last day of the Buddha's life, uh, he gave a final teaching. And this teaching was that uh, all of the monks should train themselves in uh, heedfulness and not being heedless. Because every sankhara, every condition is of the nature to arise and then cease. So therefore, don't be heedless. And all of the 84,000 teachings that the Buddha gave in the uh, Sutta Pitaka, in the Vinaya Pitaka, and the Abhidhamma Pitaka, they all come under this uh, single teaching. They all gather together in this single teaching of not being heedless. And so this applies to um, our bodies as well, to rupa, form. Um, and then as well to the mental factors of uh, feeling, of uh, perception or memory, of mental formations and of consciousness, that all of these things uh, are unstable and they will change. So one aspect of rupa is these bodies of ours. In these bodies that uh, consciousness comes and uh, takes ownership of. But there are also the physical things outside of us, the trees, the mountains, the rivers. And rupa, this uh, physicality, um, they're things that eventually break apart, that eventually decay. And it's the nature of physicality to be like this. The same with mentality. That all uh, mental things are in each other. So the Vedana that we experience, these feelings, whether they're pleasant feelings, unpleasant feelings, or neutral feelings, they're all um, unstable. Sanya, memory or perception. Now this is something that depends on our brains. And so if our brains get damaged, then uh, that affects our memory. Our minds will still know what's going on, but our brains won't be able to remember. We won't be able to remember someone's name, for instance. And the basic activities that we engage in, we need our memory for this. Uh, Walking, for example, or sitting, standing, lying down. It requires our brain to control that. And if our brain has issues, then problems arise with this. And uh, say if someone has an aneurysm, then they may need to train in order to regain these basic abilities of the body because their memory has gone. And then for people who have Alzheimer's as well, uh, that uh, uh, their memory goes because uh, of uh, of what's happened to their brains. Then there's uh, sankharas, these mental formations or thoughts. And um, we can go and think about wholesome things or unwholesome things. But if we look at it in the light of Dhamma, they're all not stable. They all change. And then there is vinyana, this uh, sense consciousness. So whenever our eye sees a form, then it's the vinyana that receives that, that knows that. And the same when our ear hears a sound 
Well, there's a taste, there's touch. It's vinyana, the sense consciousness that receives that. But this is also an icha as well. So we can hear these, these teachings, that these things are anicca, but do we really understand it? Do we really see things being that way? That form is uh, impermanent, that it changes, that these mental factors are constantly changing. This is a dhamma that is very refined. So if we try to investigate into the changing nature of sense consciousness, it's very difficult to be able to see that. Um, a form comes in through the eye, and then the vinyana it receives that form. But we immediately take that as being a self. And this happens very quickly. So it's just of the nature, it's the nature of vinyana to receive these, to know these things, whether it's sounds, whether it's uh, sights. But actually, none of that is self. So when we feel something, when we receive a touch, um, then we should teach ourselves that this is not sure, it changes. Whatever aspect of uh, rupa or nama that we're experiencing, we should teach ourselves constantly, this is not sure, it changes. We try to train ourselves in this way. But in the beginning, we won't be able to see things like this. So the Buddha taught us to not be heedless because all conditions are of the nature to to change. But if we don't put the effort into developing this practice, then we won't have the speed of uh, mind. Our minds won't be fast enough to be able to catch these things in time. So therefore, we have to put in that effort to training our minds well. And when we do this, then um, they'll gain that speed. They'll be quick enough eventually. So this world in its current condition now is uh, changing very fast with the this virus, this illness, COVID-19. <clears throat> Things in the world are changing quickly. And so for some businessmen, uh, they weren't quick enough in reacting to this. And that uh, has cost a lot. And uh, and the reason that it's cost them a lot, why it's become a big problem, is because of this nature of change that... The world is not sure, it's not certain. And so just like there's these problems arising in the world with this changing nature, our bodies are of the same nature as well. That it's not like they're always going to be strong. They're just like some many business people had expected that the economy would just carry on developing and developing but then it ran into problems. So the same with our bodies, that it's not like they're just going to be strong forever and grow up and develop forever. And sometimes they can uh, lose their health very quickly. The Buddha saw into this with uh, great clarity that all conditions change. 
and he had um, unexcelled wisdom. No other person could equal the wisdom of the Buddha. So he saw that all sankharas are of the nature to change. And even though he saw this, his own body had to experience this as well. He wasn't able to control that process or stop that process from happening. He had to allow his body uh, follow the course of nature. And that was him passing into uh, final Nibbana. So therefore, we have to train in uh, not being heedless. Because the Buddha taught that this is the nature of Sankharas, that all things that have arisen are of the nature to cease. So don't be heedless. So we train our minds. And why do we train them? Because our minds in their present state, they, they don't know these things. So we have to give them that knowledge. It's easy for our minds to get deluded and to get uh, lost in the various emotions that they feel. So we can go loving things and hating things, go fearing things. And really the deepest fear that we have is that of death. Uh, The mind can easily start worrying about things uh, based upon that fear of death. But if we worry too much and we think about this too much, then it's not good. And some practitioners, they go to stay in scary places at night, go to meditate often cemeteries, cremation grounds, and they see just a leaf uh, quivering in the wind. And then the mind starts spinning stories out of that, and, and they'll start thinking that a ghost is going to come, it's going to come and hurt me, it's going to come and kill me. But if we uh, look at things well, we'll see that that's just our minds creating problems, that there aren't any ghosts coming. It's a delusion that uh, makes us believe this. And what that is really is the ghost inside our own hearts, inside our minds coming to trick us. So we can think that if um, if we allow our minds to go and get really scared about things, then we're lacking in wisdom at that time. So there was uh, one senior monk who uh, who would go into a channel ground to meditate, but there were also uh, buffaloes that would go into this charnel ground as well. And so he'd be sitting there meditating and be full of fear of ghosts. And these spirits uh, were something that he was terrified of. But then eventually, while he was sitting there, a thought arose, well, why is it that I'm scared, but these buffaloes here, they, they don't seem to be affected by it. Now, why is it that I'm more stupid than a buffalo? So he could see that Um, this fear was stopping him from being wise. It's normal that whenever we experience anything, then our minds will go and attach to that. So we need to try and prevent our minds from doing that and to try and have the mind in a stable state, to take that stability as our basis to always be developing mindfulness, 
and to try to teach our minds. And if, if our peace of mind is firm enough, then our minds will believe what's being said. But if our mindfulness isn't strong enough, if our wisdom uh, isn't full enough, then uh, we just won't believe. And there'll be a lot of fear that comes up. And it's not correct to allow the mind to do this, to get too afraid of things. But at the same time, we shouldn't be heedless as well. So we need to try to to uh, do our best to um, take care of ourselves and be careful, but also realize that in the end, it comes down to our karma. We take a good look at our minds and see, try to notice when the mind starts to go off and proliferate and try to be aware of that as it's happening. To not let the mind go and chase after those things. So if there's uh, good thoughts happening in the mind, then we know that. And if there's bad thoughts, then we know that as well. We see that their nature is just to, to happen like this. And so the Buddha taught that all sankharas or conditions are impermanent. We need to develop this path because even the Buddha had to get old, he had to grow sick, and he had to pass away. And this passing, this uh, decay of his physical formation, this is what we call uh, parinibbana, the final nibbana of the Buddha. So whether the body uh, degenerates quickly or whether that happens slowly, um, it's still going to have to happen at some point. It's still going to have to break apart. And so we can see that um, in this world that uh, it's of the nature for people to pass away like this and for things to, or for, for the humans in the world to, to change over. And so the old generation dies off and a new generation comes in. But if no one died, then we wouldn't be able to, <clears throat> we wouldn't be able to stay on in this world. There just aren't enough physical resources, natural resources in the world to sustain all those human beings. So we need for things to happen like this, for these generations to pass over. But having been born into this world, if we don't discover any Dhamma, if we don't realize any truth, then we're not really benefiting from our lives in any way. We're just always going to be deluded, always taking things in terms of self, always believing things in their way. And then we'll die deluded as well, and we'll have wasted this opportunity that we have. So this last teaching of the Buddha was to, to put forth our effort and to not be heedless. If we carry on doing this, then we will experience peace in our hearts and joy will come up. Our body will feel light and there may be uh, tears that stream down our cheeks. There will be a fullness uh, imbuing the heart. And this is a great form of goodness, of merit that's manifesting for us. So we uh, train ourselves 
like this uh, as best we can and do all that we can in order to uh, bring about goodness, to bring about merit, to try to create this uh, bunya and also kusala as well, skillful actions. And if we have the faith, then we can do this. So like everyone coming from many places in the world to join in on the Visaka Puja ceremony that we had yesterday and join in on the circumambulation. And if we have faith, then we can do this. But those without faith, they just won't have the interest. They'll be wanting to go off and, uh, and go drinking, to go and have fun in different ways. But those with interest are able to come together like this. So like in Mysore in India, uh, there were many children who had ordained as novices. And they have that barami, that uh, kind of spiritual growth, to be interested in Buddhism and in ordaining from a very young age. Even though they're ordaining for a short time, it's still a great amount of goodness to do this. So I, I rejoice in that goodness, the, the goodness of their teachers to put the effort and take the time to ordain them and to teach them. And also the, the kind-heartedness of the lay supporters to, to give them that support. And what's happening here is it's like we're planting the Buddha nature there in their hearts. And then one day, if uh, faith arises within them, like a full faith, then this Buddha nature will flourish there within them. So, therefore, even though we've been born into this time, in this era, uh, and the Buddha passed away a long time ago, it was 2,563 years ago that he, he went into Fana Nibbana, we're still interested in practicing in the Dhamma. We still want to find out about his teachings and come to understand his teachings to understand that physicality and mentality is anicca, that it's unstable, it changes. We want to see the Buddha now. And even, it's not like at the time of the Buddha that everyone who was born in that time met with the Buddha. There were many people who ordained in other religions and uh, who weren't interested in the Dharma of the Buddha and many people who created a lot of unwholesome deeds as well. So it's not like if we were born in the Buddha's time, then we would definitely have met with the Buddha. But for us now, if we walk this path of sila, samadhi, and panya, then we will see into the Dhamma for sure. A very important basis for our lives and our practice is the maintaining of sila, of morality. So the three aspects of this are through right livelihood and right action, right speech. And we need to know about these things and develop them well. It's also necessary for all of us throughout our lives to have different duties. It's not like we're just doing walking meditation, sitting meditation throughout the entire day. So for monks, we have the duties of going on arms round, of taking care of the dwellings and the monasteries. 
So for lay people, if there's a lot of interest and enthusiasm in the practice, then you're also able to do this practice. It's not like it's necessary to ordain in order to, to practice. So for myself, before I ordained, then I worked from 7.30 in the morning until 4.30 in the evening. And when work was finished, I would go back and uh, have some drinks, and then I would um, engage in the practice, do some sitting meditation, do some chanting. In the morning, when I woke up, I would offer alms food to the monks, and then I'd go back home and sit down in meditation. And during the weekends, I would use that opportunity to practice as well. And this is how, this is what my life revolved around as a lay person. I tried to listen to the Dharma as much as I could and create as much goodness as I could. And as I did this, then there was a lot of happiness, a lot of joy that came up. And slowly but steadily, the faith that I had in Buddhism uh, increased. Eventually, I took up the eight precepts as uh, a standard for my life, and that gave me more time to practice. And there were some times that I would go and practice in the monastery, and there were a few interesting occasions uh, that happened during that. And there was one time that I uh, went to sleep um, in the place where they kept the bodies uh, before cremations. And I'd had this deep fear of spirits ever since I was a child. That night, a strong storm blew in, and there was just this thin monk's robe there uh, as a wall uh, to protect from the storm. There was actually a monk's hut that was just three meters away, but with this strong storm blowing in, I felt like they couldn't give me any help. And I was afraid throughout the entire night. I was wondering when the ghosts were going to come to get me. But even though I still managed to get to sleep, um, my mind was awake within that state of sleep. My mindfulness was very good. So I was sleeping, but I was still awake. So I had the opportunity to uh, train and practice throughout the entire night. So no matter whether we're keeping the five precepts or the eight precepts, what's important is to always be developing our mindfulness throughout the entire day. To know whether the mind is getting uh, into states of greed, hatred, and delusion. To be aware of whenever a feeling of self comes up. At the beginning, we have a sense of self. It's normal for it to be there, but we try to make that self good. We be someone that doesn't harm anyone. And then eventually, or gradually, we can go to abandon that sense of self. But it's not that we abandon it all at once. We investigate to see how all physicality changes that it's uh, stressful and that there's no truth there, true self there. We still have a self and we still see it as being mine to a degree, Um, but we're gradually letting that go. Because before we saw everything as being me and mine. So we train to 
to view things in the light of impermanence. As we develop things like this and we carry on doing it again and again, then eventually we'll gain a refuge for ourselves. There will be a certainty in the Buddha and Dharma and Sangha within our hearts and this will become a refuge for our hearts.